Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we're recording. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Recording this one Tuesday, February 20th. I know we usually record on Wednesday, release on Thursday, but this is just the most sickening schedule I've I've ever seen. We went through the West Coast trip. That was 10 times better than what we are being dealt. The hand that we are being dealt, Leafs Nation uh, as a whole right now, the 10 p.m. game against the Arizona Dirt Dogs, or the Dead Dogs, it seems like right now, or actually the Salt Lake City Dirt Dogs, or whatever they're going to be called up there. And then the Thursday back-to-back Vegas Golden Knights 10 p.m. game as well. That's usually when we record. Wednesday or makeup day Thursday. So we had to go a day early, which kind of sucks because I wanted to talk about the Dirt Dogs game and the Vegas Golden Knights game. But anyways, well, as always, always shown by Jason. Funnily enough, as you mentioned that, the Leafs after that place on Saturday against the Avalanche, then Tuesday at home to the Golden Knights, we'll record the Wednesday, and then on Thursday they play the Coyotes again. It'll be like a little deja vu wow. moment. Look at that. You get both teams home and home, like back-to-back <laughs> weeks. That's kind of a weird scheduling quirk. but That I mean, is hey. really weird. That's so um, odd. Adder. Yeah, a lot of people. I will point this out. A lot of people are complaining. There's no game. There's only one game on Friday. One game on Friday, and I was telling my friends, "You're not going to get this channel. I guarantee it." It was on Sportsnet, so it was it was Yotes and uh, Hurricanes, but it was a blowout. Who cares? But I will say this: it was good to have not much Friday because they had the Battle of Bay Street, Montreal versus Toronto in the PWHL. I thought PWHL Toronto was dead. I wrote them off. I said they can't goalies can't stop a beach ball forwards can't score for the life of them. And bam, just like that back in the wind column back in the mix. They're hotter than ever beat Montreal. Who's a great team this year. We had Laura Stacy on in the, before the season started. So yeah, you can give that, that one a listen. Uh, it's on the YouTube for sure there. So cool to see Mon- uh, Toronto actually rattle off some wins and cool to see another Toronto team rattle off some wins so we're going to talk about the recent play of the Leafs obviously as we always do a little bit of the Morgan Riley suspension a little bit are the Leafs dare I say better without Morgan Riley tune in to find out even when you look at it even um what's his name Tavares they won a couple games of Tavares too so we'll see there's they're a hot seat have the Leafs earned a deadline deal? We'll get into that and more after 
these messages from our friends at Manscaped. 2024 is here in full swing, and that means it's time for a New Year's resolution check-in with our friends at Manscaped. Newsflash, it's never too late to level up your grooming game and keep your bush tamed. Manscaped's new Lawnmower 5.0 is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're going for a trim or that clean-shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. Trusted by over 10 million men worldwide, now is your time to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code RINKRAT, that is R-I-N-K-R-A-T, for 20% off and free shipping. The ball has dropped, but don't drop the ball on your balls. Don't don't drop anything on your balls. That's That would be horrible. Horrific. How is your New horrible. Year's resolution holding up, Jason? New Year's resolution's holding up great. I actually created a new one. I... Uh... I'm a big football fan and have a massive hole in my like schedule now with football being done. I, I work a lot with like a lot of my, what I have to do for work is kind of revolves around football. So now that we're in the off season, I don't know what to do with myself. So I decided to sign up for a half marathon. I don't run. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Wow. So that's something uh, we'll we can s- keep you accountable to. Oh yeah. Keep me accountable for it. Ask you every I've, single episode. How, how's yeah. the training going for that? I've run I've run twice so far this year. So um, I only signed up on Thursday last week. I signed up the day we recorded last week. So, uh, okay. and I was also, I also got sick on the Thursday as well. So it's a, it's a whole thing, but uh, anyways, uh, enough about me, more about wow. trimming and clipping because I fully thought that Gary Bettman would clip or trim Morgan Riley suspension, uh, but we got none of forgot. that. Shock. Gary Bettman is a little cock. He is a little cock. He is a little man. He does not understand the league or the game that he is the commissioner for. That upheld suspension is ridiculous. The amount of time that it took to give him that verdict is ridiculous because they said it finished at 2.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on on Monday. How and why does it come back 24 hours later? You are impacting business decisions. You are impacting businesses. Like you're impacting teams by doing this, Gary. What did you re- actually watch the play for 24 hours straight and go, hmm, is this a hockey play? I don't know. How high does Riley stick right up? Like just ridiculous, dumb. I thought for sure it'd be reduced by a game because they had already played four, but there's nothing more you can do with that. So. Mm-hmm stupidity from the league but what else do you expect you have a big oaf apparently running the player department of player safety and then you have a little snivelly man running the entire league so i'm not too happy with either of them i'm not too happy with the decision and i think it's quite ridiculous yeah and it's funny that he acknowledges that like listen i'm not going to go too deep in this he acknowledges that he says one that morgan riley attacked Ridley Gregg with without him like no noticing first of all like Riley says that he yelled at him and like he turned to acknowledge that second of all he Mm. raised his hand to block the stick so there's some form of like hey I'm aware that the guy is there and then also they acknowledged he was at practice the next day he was not injured at all the injury I don't think I read the decision injury didn't play a factor in it at all they just said it was like a reckless play that Morgan Riley Mm. intended to hit him in the head but the problem is is like okay you're guessing someone's intent at the same time you're saying it didn't ride up his shoulder, but they said it, it didn't ride up his shoulder and Morgan Riley was aiming for his head. 
But at the same time, they also said that. They also said that the, it rode up his shoulder. It, it rode up his shoulder. And it's like, wh- what? Okay, fine, whatever. Like, But they also said, oh, it struck him with such velocity. Yeah, it's like he put Lord. his back into it. Like, But okay, he didn't, like, he didn't get like, injured. Is Ridley Grigg made of diamonds? Is this guy a diamond head? It didn't. Yeah. It struck him with so much force. Morgan Riley's over 200 pounds. If he struck him with actual force, Ridley Gregg would be decapitated. So forget this decision. That's the last time we talk about it because t- tomorrow's actually the last game of it. So, anywho, let's get into some. You want to get into some? Are the Leafs better without Morgan Riley? I know it's a kind of cheap. It's funny because this, shot, that's been like it's very that funny. Like, that was a running gag for like the last three years, I feel like, for me, no? Until last year's playoff. Yeah. Thing. What's like, it, 19 uh, 2 and 1 without him in the regular season? Yeah, the team's been pretty good without him. Um, I mean, also, like, you can't really, you can't really look at that because, like, who there's the so many different play? factors in hockey that teams? impact that. Yeah, exactly. Like, who are the teams who is who is actively playing? Right, like, if Morgan Riley's out, but also Austin Matthews and William Nylander are out, they're out yeah. is the team probably going to win? Probably not. Right. So it's like there's again so many different things. If Martin, like, if Martin Jones or Elias Samsonov and Joseph Wall aren't in net. And Morgan Riley's not playing. Is it like his fault? Like, right? Yeah. So there's so many. If things Morgan Riley, John Tavares, and Mitch Marner are not playing, then oh wait, huh? We beat the Blues. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I think I think it's like obviously like it's more of a joke, but I will say definitely better defensively the last couple of games, and I think obviously no no Morgan Riley plays like a little small bit of a factor in that and it's not even because him being on the ice it's more so the ability to push which we talked about a lot TJ Brody down to the left side and that's making it more comfortable for him and it's like almost a trickle down effect wow breaking news left-handed defenseman more comfortable <laughs> on the left side after struggling earlier in the year yeah. that's so that's so mind-blowing to me uh yeah i mean also TJ Brody like has looked more comfortable playing against the blues because the blues don't forecheck the blues are awful forechecking they don't they also don't shoot the puck midway through the game when the shots were like double uh, the game on monday that is the shots were about double for the leafs the ozone possession time was equal how are you shooting the puck that few times i'm not a big hey the guy gets it and everyone shoot Shoot it, shoot it from no matter where he is. He's on the half walls. People are screaming that. I'm not a big that guy. Play the possession, try to put the puck into a good area, take a shot, right? Mm -hmm. You also do need to shoot into traffic through screens, like just get something on net for rebounds as well. The Blues just don't shoot the puck, and it's horrific. They also don't forecheck at Mm -hmm. all. That was the easiest stuff to break out of. Like yeah, crazy. that's the. I I was at like I think I talked about it last yeah. last episode. They're super super, and we both said the same thing. Where they're super soft on the forecheck, and it's like nothing changed at all in the second game. It's like, what are you doing, no. dude? Like, are you like their just big thing get, is like, rush offense, but they didn't. Yeah, they didn't get anything of that. Like, yeah. So the problem is like, gonna... yeah. To 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 capitalize on good rush offense, that means the puck has to be like in your zone, or they have to have a possession of the puck and turn it over in the neutral zone. It's like. It's almost a, a, a catch twenty two to try and like play only for rush chances. So to, yeah, no blues game it almost was feels uh, like a good. It's an easy plan to stifle, but they're yeah, they're not no. doing too bad this year. Like maybe we just caught them on two brutal games, but mm-hmm. but if 
I listen, I've obviously video coaches don't have all the time in the world for the blues to like go and scout and look at every single Leafs game. But for just from watching every single Leafs game so far this season, it's evident that if you just forecheck the shit out of our D, it, it gives us a lot of problems breaking out of the zone and like even just being aggressive when when we're at the top of the blue line in the neutral in that neutral zone area, like yeah. just get aggressive against the Leafs and it's easy to like it's easy to forecheck against us. And it's and it's like not this isn't a criticism of the team. It's like the players that we have aren't the best puck movers, especially when one of the best puck movers is out of the lineup, right? So it was a very odd choice for them to play like that. Anyways, that game was exactly. a success, though. Not gonna lie, that game. Was uh, yeah, that was that was pretty. What six, to- twelve show- total shots in the first period. Austin yeah. Matthews inside of the post early, but like that was about it for for a pretty long period of time. Good to see that they got the win. I had to rewatch it too. So I was like, oof, this is this is putting me to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so the Blues got 20, 13 shots at 5 on 5 in 50 minutes in this game? Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. That's, that's uh that's not very good. <laughs> were you were you I, happy that it was like a day game though? Family day weekend like, you know. No, cuz I was working. Oh, you had to work yesterday. It was a yeah. holiday. I was working with your brother. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, <laughs> okay, fair, fair, fair. So I forgot about that. So yeah, it was not not the best timing, but I got to go back and watch it anyway, so it doesn't nice. matter. But nice. yeah, that was it was a pretty big snooze fest. But the the Anaheim game wasn't. But from an analytical perspective, what? There's only like the exciting things to talk about in that game. What are you going to break down? The fact that the yeah. Leafs scored nine goals. I, I, I like, I was and so Anaheim happy that stinks. The one thing I'm breaking down is like what Dax Stahl, I'm going to pronounce name probably wrong. Dostal. Dostal. He, he smoked us in the first game and we just mm. took that shit personally. And I, lo- I love that. I love because you could tell the team was like kind of pissed that they kind because we kind he kind of embarrassed us. Like, he played well, obviously. And as a goalie, that's like what you can do is like you can steal a game for your team if you yeah. play it disgusting. But like he he lit a fire under us. Like I love that. Seems I like, love that. Like I think it was mainly the Radko Gudis. I was yeah. so I listened to the second period on, on the radio, and mm. Joe Bowen, every time Gudis was on the ice, was talking about it and was talking about him. And then obviously you had the couple Max Domi situations, to which mm-hmm. it's very funny that like Ryan Reeves talks up this big oh. Good is not doing any. He's not doing any of that. He's not doing any of that when uh, when I'm in town. I'm just, he's not going to be able to get away with screaming at our goalie. But then, like, who goes after him twice in one game? <laughs> Five foot nine Max Domi. That, that that's something you gotta love. There, come on, like that. That was awesome to see. Yeah, it was good to see, and it's something that I've noticed throughout the year. And that, like. We'll talk about this a little bit later as well, but it's just the the planting of the seeds of the culture of like just getting a better yeah. culture surrounding the team. And maybe this is just nothing, but there was a quote, and this is kind of like going a little bit of a tangent, but I think it was uh, Benoit saying something about how he like, listen, he'll obviously stick up for his team, but it's different when you've like played and gone through 54 games with them, right? It's different now. Yeah. That's something that he said. And that, that, that quote really stuck out to me because I, I feel like, you can kind of see the evolution of the team and like the camaraderie with the guys of like, cause this is a pretty, pretty new su- supporting cast on this team. And you can see the camaraderie yeah, kind so. of being built up and um, the, the gelling and the meshing of, of building what feels like a good culture. Um, and I'm super excited for that because I think that right there, the Max Domi stuff is an example of 
that right there where the culture yeah. is. He did do be... it earlier in the year. It just you yep. know, costed us a penalty against Ian Cole. So good to see that Max Domi has consistently been doing it. But I will say what? you mentioned Benoit. Good to see mm-hmm. him consistently wallpapering guys. Yes. Oh, my God. The hit on Cam York against the Flyers. There was a hit on Saturday. I can't remember who against the Ducks. And then there was a hit against um, Buchnevich, who's not a small customer. He rocked him at the blue line there. So good to see Simone Benoit still playing some solid, solid hockey. I'm, I'm very for the dollar that we got him at for a guy that was not oh. qualified by the Anaheim Ducks. I have been very, very impressed with Simone Benoit and his ability yeah, to step he, up. And and like he's kind of been perfect for us, right? I think I want to say G Team Born wrote an article on him. Someone I forget someone did, but um his underlying numbers are there. Like he's not he's obviously not good offensively. Yeah. Oh, he's terrible. Very but bad. He's jumping offensively. up a little bit more. He's getting involved a little bit. Yeah, but but again, it doesn't matter if he's good or not. Like we don't need him to do that stuff. What our problem is right now is we don't have like good defensive zone coverage and he's done very well analytically and eye test wise defending in zone and it's like what more do you want from a guy he's 71st percentile according to evolving wild in defensive metrics that combines uh his even strength defense along with his shorthand defense both he's both positive in both those things in expected and actual uh and he all any like logs second pairing minutes for us like that's perfect that's exactly what we want like that we don't need yeah like we it's it's perfect like uh i don't know what more there is to say like for 750k like or however much he makes 775 yeah jay fresh actually posted some numbers here Mm -hmm. on simone benoit um which includes uh cory schneider who we had on in the preseason uh talking about everything i would say so his Corey Schneider's numbers are are posted here. Uh, it looks like hits. He's in the 97th percentile, so that's fun to see. But I believe his exit possession rating looks pretty good. Entry chance yeah. prevention looks really good. And entries, I don't know if it's that's him preventing entries or preventing exits, but, oh, entry denial rate, 13%. Oh, never mind. Entry chance prevention, that's been very, very good. So that so really his, sticks out. But his total entries is low. So again, this this mm-hmm. is also like... That's something was, you have to combine there. 100%. Corey does great work as well, but he also doesn't get to every single game and he, it's a smaller sample. So it's like... Yeah, that's it's, true. Right? So I think, again, this is kind of mimicking what you're seeing with the eye test where it's like, it's not denying everything, but he feels like he's making some good... Uh, he has some he has some qualities to him. Yeah. So at the end anyways. of the day, yeah. At the end of the day, he was a great cheap addition. And I'm eating my words every single day on him because I've I'm I'm very, very happy with how he's he's playing. Uh we saw Marshall Rafai actually got his first NHL that game on cool. Monday too. That was really cool to see. He's a very smooth skating, a little bit of bite to his game as well. Not mm-hmm. the most in terms of offensive ability. I think he has eleven points with the Marlies this year. But I mean, that ability to skate and the willingness to hit and the ability to, you know, muck it up in front of the net and that not just mean like after the whistle hits someone like point shots coming and you're on your check. Sorry, you're on your guy clearing him from the front of the net. That is valuable as well. So good to see Marshall if I get that that chance. He was a, a good late bloomer from 
from Harvard. So uh, anyways, um, what was the other thing I wanted to talk about? I think we're good on these two games. Yeah. Uh, I will say actually to close it out, the, for some reason, the Leafs posted the lines and it said Tavares, Nylander, Bertuzzi, or no, Tavares, Nylander, and Robertson, I want to say. No, McMahon. Tavares, oh, Nylander, yeah, McMahon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it right? wasn't that at all. It was not. They went with Domi, Bertuzzi, Nylander, Robertson, Tavares, McMahon, which I thought was interesting because I would never have put those three together but I can kind of see how Tavares is able to compliment, you know, be a, a puck retriever, uh, kind of dish the puck more so uh, to two guys that are pretty good shooters. And I will say this, Bobby McMahon had a breakaway. He had a good wraparound chance. On top of that, they didn't really give up much that line. Nick Robertson had a very good backhand chance as well. So that line actually did, they were a little bit noticeable to me, right? The line that was not noticeable at all or noticeable in a bad way the Nylander line. Mm. They did nothing offensively all game, which you'd kind of think maybe that line, like you get the two speed guys, Domi and Nylander. Okay. You get Bertuzzi can dish the puck. Domi can dish the puck. Nylander can shoot the puck, but it was, maybe you give it one more try, but it, it was terrible, terrible, terrible. They did nothing out there that game. Mm -hmm. I was really disappointed in that line. Matthews Marner Nyes uh, was pretty good. I will say that Matthews had that inside the post chance. He scored on the power play. Nyes had a really, really, really nice goal at the beginning of the second period. So it's really good to see Matthew Nyes contribute more and more. He's been not just like note, like contributing in terms of, oh, he's on the score sheet. He's contributing chances that like you notice. Oh, mm. big save by the goalie. Oh, great pass from Matthew Nyes to to Austin Matthews. So he's been noticeably better as of recent, and that's really helped to, you know, it's a supporting cast guy actually contributing, which the Leafs really, really do need and quick. So Yeah, yeah. And that's a, kind of feels like the theme of this past week in a bit is that supporting cast that you mentioned. So Yeah, because there was like 10 them. goals in a row where it was all of the core four um, and minus one goal, I believe it was, was not from the core four. So, what I do want to get into a little bit. Let's answer the question. Are the Leafs better without Morgan Riley? 19-2-1 without him in the last two seasons, I want to say. 4-0 uh, oh in this stretch without him. Jason, do you want to answer this question? Uh, I'm going to plead the fifth because you're trying to get me in trouble here. So, No, I'm not. <laughs> you know what the answer is? The answer is it doesn't matter. the Leafs are not better without Morgan Riley. I don't care what your sample size says. There's a lot of randomness in hockey. Like, take a look at the underlying numbers as well. When Morgan Riley was out, that was prime Matt Murray. Matt Murray stepped up and was phenomenal. If Matt Murray got a little bit more banged up, like he did like 10 games later, would we be saying the same thing about Morgan Riley? A hundred percent no. Mm -hmm. If the Leafs didn't play the shitty ass St. Louis Blues, <laughs> they got lucky a little bit against the. They got outplayed by the Flyers right. overall. I will yeah. say, and the shitty ass Anaheim Ducks. I can't believe I used shitty ass for Anaheim and St. Louis because they're in two completely different spots in the standings there. But either way, the the Blues sucked against the Leafs. I hated that performance, and they were made for such a boring game. So they can go screw themselves. 
but the ducks suck too. And that's not something that should be lost in this conversation. Mm-hmm. That's four games where three of them you played against this, the other team played horrific. And one of them you got outplayed. Let's get real. Like you, you did kind of get outplayed by the yeah. Philadelphia Flyers. It, like Morgan Riley, I realize you can make the kind of theory. Oh, the Leafs are very good offensively. Morgan Riley's an offensive D man, and he gives up too much defense. Like I, I think that's just that's a fallacy. I like the Leafs are better with Morgan Riley. I, I don't think that's. I think it's absurd, and you're looking too much into it to say otherwise. Is he a positive impact player? Yes. So then yes. he should therefore help your team. Like that's just, it's simple. Um, but yeah. Anyways. I, um, I, it's it's not much of a conversation to me. Like here's the thing also that you have to look at. Morgan Riley out moves TJ Brody into a stronger position for himself. Yes. Whereas where Morgan Riley's in, you're putting TJ Brody now into a weakness of himself. Mm-hmm. It was not like that before. I will say that. But this season, it clearly has been like that. And I mean, it's well, actually, even last year, I think he would have been better on the left side. Like he's a left-handed defenseman. He just can play the right side. And he's pretty good. He was pretty good at it. But, you know, father time catches up to us all. So we have to make our adjustments. But yep. that's where right. I think, you know, out came Morgan Riley, in came a better version of TJ Brody, or a more suitable position for TJ Brody. What this should actually tell us, though, is that why is more why why can't you put Morgan Riley with Timothy Lilgren then? Right, it's a, tr- it's a trust thing. I think that for that, um, I think that's just a trust, a, a key, still not tr- being able to trust Timothy Lilgren there. Um, but why did you do it three seasons ago when you didn't trust him at all? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, but I actually just just quickly on that, I actually l- really like the uh, Brody Lilgren pairing. And I think that actually works like as a pairing. Again, that's just to to get to that, you need to get a a, someone to play right D with Morgan Riley. We'll talk about that at some point. But yeah. You need a right handed defenseman to play with Morgan Riley. Preferably. I think that would (laughs) I think that would make a huge difference there. But yeah, like if you look at the lineup, you go Riley, Lilgren, like just for Riley comes back. Okay, you go Riley, Lilgren, you go Brody on the left side, McCabe, or you can even do keep Benoit, McCabe if you want to. I don't, doesn't matter. And then third pairing can then be either Brody and who's our other right handed defenseman? I know it's LeJoie right now, but that shouldn't okay. be for too much longer. No, sadly, he would be second pairing. Oh. Who would be third? Sorry. Who the hell um, do we have? Who plays on the Leafs anymore? I actually have no idea. Is, uh, I was going to say... Um, Not Connor Timmins. Connor Timmins, but he's hurt. He's mono. <laughs> That's tough. Hurt, mono, same shit. That, honestly? Oh, my God. Wait, Lagesson, but he's injured right now. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Everyone I'm thinking of is hurt, but I guess Lagesson probably will be... F- fine he's not like actually hurt i actually don't know what his deal is anyways mm, we're, 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 he's day-to-day we're starting to get to scary territory with the amount of people we have on ltir because with jake muzzin matt murray john Klingberg, those guys are all locked in like they're not moving yeah right? uh and that you're only allowed to have i, I think actually no have, no no LTIR. i'm gonna stop you matt murray has been practicing he has a stall no 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 no, no, no. 
I swear. That's not happening. I don't know. I don't know who. Modern that's medicine's pretty incredible, I guess. That's not happening. I'm telling you that right now. That's not, <laughs> that would be a disaster if that happens. Anyways. It happened, but no. But if he comes back, sorry. Like if he if he's like plays before like, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that'd be disastrous. Oh, be disastrous. I, I just be thought like it was funny. They had five back. stalls for goalies at practice one of the days because um, what's his, Martin Jones was banged up. Maybe give yeah. Joseph all that veteran presence. Who knows? Mm. Anyways, because it was Wool, uh, Jones. Ilya Samsonov, Dennis Hildeby, and then they said Matt Murray was out and about. Scary. That's that's bad if he, if he comes back. Who knows? Maybe Anyways. maybe the hip surgery did him good. We're gonna get <laughs> the best version. I honestly hope he. I hope the hip surgery heals him up well. Just maybe wait until yeah. the summer. Um, you so mentioned game, something. Yeah, third pairing was Lejoie. Like I don't know. Yeah. Who's gonna be no, playing third pairing? We're, right <laughs> we're we're getting thin now on D. Um, but yeah. Yeah. You mentioned something earlier, though, about the PWHL. One thing I want to just quickly say is DraftKings, our sponsors, um, they should put up, throw up some PWHL odds. What are you doing? You're behind the times on this. I actually don't think a sportsbook has any no, PWHL no. odds available. But uh, even though there's no PWHL odds, there still obviously is NHL odds. And we know that hockey games move incredibly fast with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports bank partner of the NHL. You can score faster than anything Happening on the ice this week, new customers can get five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Again, I'm going to do this every single week. Austin Matthews, I think he was like, I want to say like 12, to one. 12 to one to win the heart last week. Uh, this week, four, four, four to one completely fell. Um, he, I don't know how he doesn't win the heart if he scores 70 goals. That'd be absolutely crazy. Uh, he's fourth on the board right now ahead of him is McKinnon, Kucherov, and McDavid. Obviously, all great players, but if you score 70 goals, I'm sorry. You deserve the Hart Trophy. Uh, and then if you want to have a, I mean, if you want to bet on Austin Matthews not getting hurt this year, knock on wood, he's minus 3,000 to be the Rocket Richard winner, which I think is the craziest number I've ever seen 50 games into this season. Um, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, and make sure you use code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus plus expire 168 hours after issuance. ctkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League here. Crazy. Minus 3,000 to win the Rocket. Absolutely nuts. DraftKings, if you're listening, give us some PDA, PWHL odds, please. I want to bet exactly. on those games. It would be fun. Exactly. Yeah. Minus 3,000 is just like, it's, there's no point. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally, it's literally like, is he going to get hurt? That's, that's the question. Like, that's the only reason why it's even available right now. Yeah. You're better off just like putting your, you're, it's more of a gamble to like put your money into like Canadian savings bonds. Like, you're making about the same thing. Yeah. In that time. So, <laughs> anyways, um, What's the next thing I want to get into? I can't even remember anymore. Um, hot streak? Leafs. 
The hot streak. What's hap- What's causing it? What's going on? Um, I think partially we explained it uh, from when we were talking about the Morgan Riley thing, and it's yep. the competition hasn't been all that good. <laughs> but I do want to say this. Why the Leafs have been playing better and like kind of the recipe to how they, they can be playing better with what they have on the um, on their roster here. What happened to my notes? Here we are. Reasons for turning it around. And this is something that I noticed from just before the All-Star break and onwards. Number one, the fourth line. Earlier hmm. in the year, the fourth line was a minus, I think, over 10 games in a row. Marine Reeves was almost a minus every single game. Mm-hmm. When your fourth line is playing less than 10 minutes a night and they're getting, they're just a minus night in and night out. That's going to sink your team. You're handicapping the other, you're giving the other team a goal every single night. That hasn't been happening as much. We actually had a fourth liner score a hat trick recently. So that's <laughs> been pretty, that was insane. Ryan Reeves is playing exceptional hockey. And I will admit this. I had a rant ready to go. I had it written out. I was pulling out my phone. The game that Ryan Reeves came back against Winnipeg, I was ready to go. I was ready to lay into why is Ryan Reeves playing. He scored that game. He was awesome that game. He's been very good since. He hasn't necessarily gotten into a fight, but he's been playing some good hockey. Like, it's... I I can't believe... I'm saying this, but Ryan Reeves has been effective on that line. I will also say this with the fourth line. Pontus Holmberg had himself a great game yesterday. He got held off the score sheet, but he was the reason for a few scoring chances from the fourth line. He created a few turnovers. He was able to get to the net. Like, I don't know. People were, I think people were looking in too much into it when they were saying, um, what's it called? They were like, oh, Pontus Holmberg decoy on the Neilander goal. Okay. He, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Relax. Relax. Yeah. Here. But I thought he was really, really good in this one. He was throwing the body a little bit too in this. Like, so yeah. shut up Pontus Holmberg. He has taken a step this year. It's been really, really good to see. You didn't have him in the, in the, in the lineup earlier in the year. Now you do. I think he's probably better as he, can fill in at center. I don't hate it, but he's mm-hmm. he's been great on the wing too. So just having that utility guy, 800K this year, something like that. Are you serious? Shout out Pontus Holmberg. He's been awesome. I just want to jump okay. in there and I, I want to echo that as well because I last year it felt like he was kind of a one-way player and he kind of, he had like, not off, uh, like he has offensive upside in the sense that like, yeah, he can like, he has like a little bit of skill and that's kind of like what his game was at the NHL yeah. level when he jumped in. But I noticed this year a real maturation of his game, if that's even a word, just his his game matured a little bit and that he was just better at winning puck battles and positioning oh, on body yeah. in 50-50 battles. And that Can helps we talk about the puck the battles for one second? Yeah. Uh, how he does it? One arm on the stick, arm <laughs> out, shoot. It's <laughs> like a nuts. knife. <laughs> it's, so, yeah. it's so effective. When you want exactly. to put some more together, but it's like it's like one arm out, like stick the stick through you. And it, it's like usually think like Austin Matthews, when you look at him, he's fantastic at turnovers. How does he do it? I'm six foot four. I have the silkiest mitts in the league. Yup. Stick lift grabs the puck. Pontus Holmberg, it's like it's the weirdest, like one hand on the stick, 
like sasaisa and take the puck away. I I love it. I can't say enough good things about it. So sorry to yeah. interrupt there. No, no, no. It's it's a great point, but like again, that it's like the maturation of like okay, yes, your game is like kind of one way. That's your identity is that you're like a little bit more skilled than the average player and that's how you're going to cut out your yeah. teeth in the NHL. But guess what? Like in the bottom 6, that doesn't really work out. And that's kind of why we got saw him get sent down um last year, but now it's like okay, you're starting to show your use now where you're winning puck battles and you're being like slightly more responsible in zone. Like it's just those little yeah. things that can add up and help you out and keep you around here for longer. So I will say this about Ponce Holmberg last year, his shooting percentage was really high. So mm -hmm. it kind of covered those issues you were talking about, Yeah, but it was very unfortunate because he was getting his feet wet. He was looking decently, right? Mm -hmm. Like at some point, but then they took him out of the lineup and they put him back in for one game against New Jersey and he was so bad that game. Mm. I was hoping it wouldn't ruin his confidence, but he was horrible. He took the four-minute penalty, and then he was on the ice for a goal against where it was like just totally his fault. But yeah, Pontus Holmberg was, as you like, you you mentioned it perfectly. It's just, he was getting some puck luck, which was covering like he wasn't playing much in the defensive zone. They were trying to shelter him a little bit more. Mm. But he's taken a good step this year, and he's been a big reason why the fourth line has taken that extra little step so yep. i will get on to my next point um i'm not gonna sugarcoat it here the goalies have not been dog water garbage the goalies have been decent right mm -hmm. they've been all right they, they before they're not losing you games anymore like maybe a week one here and there whatever like i i go back to the islanders game the goalie didn't lose you it they didn't the goalie also didn't win you that game. You ran into a hot goalie. The The Ottawa Senators game, one of them maybe could have had back there. Uh, that was Martin Jones. But Corpus Allo did play very well in that game. So you got outplayed there. So they weren't losing you games. They weren't really winning you games. But then you look at the, the St. Louis games. Like Samsonov was better than Hofer and Biddington. Like not that mm -hmm. they were both those goalies were that good. But again, you got some average goaltending and finally faced some Below average goaltending. Samuel Ayrson got out. Samsonov actually played very well against, or pretty well, I would say, against Philadelphia. He was solid in that game. And the, finally ran into another goalie that wasn't fully on his game. He got pucks blown by him, by Austin Matthews. So that's where you're now starting to winning, win some games. Your goaltending has been steady. And finally, you haven't been playing the best goalies in the league, right? So mm -hmm. that was another point I had there. Uh, I will say the defense has been more steady and giving up less like brain dead, huge errors. Can you agree on that one? Yep. Or I, I think I'm about the goals against. Eh, there's I'm in been some. That. I, there's always going to be errors, but like, I feel like there was a few times earlier in the year where you're like, this is just a totally preventable error. Like, why are we, why are we doing dumb stuff like that? Well, actually, now that you make I make that blanket statement, errors are starting to fill my brain. Like the error, <laughs> like the the third goal against Philadelphia, I didn't love the coverage there. I think there was an issue with the second goal. I can't remember it. Um, oh, the first goal was a terrible PK error. So yeah, I think I'm gonna delete that one. I'm gonna delete that one from my statement because that's just way too blanket of a. You could say less. Big brain errors? Mm, I don't know. Anyways, we'll move on from that one. That was a bad one. Uh, the PK is not total garbage. 
You're not losing games because of the PK. When I was running, I, we did an episode earlier in the year. And I was like, how many wins should the Leafs have? The expected goals for, like, chances for and against, like, it was a, there was a decent gap at one point. They were starting to close the gap. But then the PK just kept giving up goals and giving up goals and giving up goals. And then they went on a little bit of a run because the PK wasn't just total shit. So, or garbage, my part of my French. <laughs> so that was something it's been steadier recently. I will say I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I feel like it's been all right. So there's that. Uh, yep. Competition of the last four games has not been great. Matthews and Marner has been ridiculous. And their line mate, as we mentioned, Matthew Nice has been a little bit better. Bobby McMahon, too. Shout out to Bobby McMahon. He's been stupendous this week. Yeah, no, I think I think you got everything pretty bang on, uh, in my opinion there. Um, and it's funny because I have all this stuff kind of, uh, I have these numbers here too that I want to touch on because a lot of the stuff that you touched on um, is like backed up by numbers. So um, you touched on the goaltending. I went back and I looked. I looked at the first, how many games has it been? So I looked at the last 20 games. So since January 1st, that's the cutoff I made. Why did I make it that the cutoff? I don't know. I just set the cutoff at January 1st, new year. Thought it'd be a good time to make it. Arbitrary endpoint doesn't really matter much, but it's a good representation of the more recent sample of games that Leafs have played. So the last okay. 20 games versus the first 34. And the first thing that you stuck out to me was the save percentage. First 34 games, we had a 901 save percentage. Not the best, but since January at 1st. Five on five or all situations? At even strength. At even strength. So not so five even on five, strength. four on four, three on three, all that stuff. Okay. Okay. 901C percentage. Jan- since January 1st, a 912C percentage. And that's adding in the fact that before January 1st, we had Joseph Wall playing for us, who was playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. January, we Joseph Wall got hurt, got hurt before the new year. So this has been we've been able to sustain a relatively good save percentage. Um, 912 is very good for a team, um, especially one that their pre- preferred goalie is hurt. So that's like a big difference. The, those point, those 11 points of save percentage is massive for the team. On top of yeah. that, even strength as well, even strength numbers. We noted that I, I remember doing episodes in December time about how the Leafs it's different this year, right? We're not at the top of the standings and expected goals for as we normally are. Like our expected goals percentage aren't isn't there at. Uh, in the first 34 games, 50.56 expected goals for percentage, which puts them at 15th um, in the league. Their expected goals for, they were the same as previous years, 2.98 top, top 10 numbers. Problem is the expected goals against the 2.91. They're very leaky. They've been very leaky since January 1st. Look at this. They're 10th in expected goals for percentage, 52.2%. And Hey, expected goals for 2.91 about the same where it was the first 34 games. What's the difference? It's obvious expected goals against, they were able to lower that expected goals against number down to 2.67, which is very, uh, I, I mean, you can tell just from the eye test that they've been better defensively. But again, these numbers are backing it up in these last 20 games here. And the last thing I want to touch on is power play. Um, the first 34 games, the Leafs were seventh in power play goals for per- percentage. They had 9.74 uh, actual goals for, um, excuse me, not percentage, just their goals for per 60. They had 9.74 goals for, for per 60. And that was seventh in the NHL. Their expected goals were up there in third in the NHL. So they were kind of getting unlucky on the power play. 9.76. They weren't outproducing their expected goals number. Um, since January 1st, they are second in goals for. They have 13.5 uh, ex- uh, goals for per 60 uh, and are third 
in expected goals for 11.2. So they've the power play not only has they have they been executing better and scoring more, but they've also generated more chances as well here. So just general trend of the Leafs is an upward trend of the last 20 games, as you can see there. Um, yeah, that's pretty much uh, exactly pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, I do have some numbers as well. You mentioned save percentage. I will say an even strength against a little funky because even strength includes three on three overtime, which the Leafs mm -hmm. were playing a lot of yep. even strength overtime. But I will say this. Oh, five on five. Since January 1st, the Leafs have a nine to 925. That's the number. Okay. Nine, two, really four, good. nine. I don't know why they have it like that, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleventh 11th of the league. Holy Guess who's smart. above them though. One place above them. The San Jose sharks. <laughs> oh my God. Funny how that wow. works. Is this <laughs> right? Goalie, right? Is it Blackwood? And I have it... no idea. Their five <laughs> on five save percentage is it's insane. Actually the Oilers are above them too. So, how did the Oilers increase into the standings? Well, their goalies are stopping something, and their defense has been mm. much, much better. But I also had some numbers for you. Um, Jason, you want to show the chart? I think we can yeah, explain the chart. Yeah, let's pull up this chart too. here because this is like this a good chart, representation. Of exactly. It. it shows the rolling average on the goals for for the Leafs throughout the year from, I believe it was game 10 onwards. Just if you do a rolling average before game 10, the, the average is – it's just mess fluctuates a lot because there's not enough sample size. So the rolling average for goals for goals against expected goals for and expected goals against. If you're watching on YouTube, which you should be, you can see the goals against has been dropping from about mid season to now. It's a really great sign on top of this. The rolling goals for is actually below expected goals for. So yeah, I think, a lot of that can be attributed to John Tavares and Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, not all of it, but a good amount. Even Matthew Nyes, that was yesterday was his first goal in God knows how long, or first goal. In, I don't know. Anyways, he hasn't been scoring as much as he should be. So while the expected goals for and expected goals against are relatively close to one another, I have these numbers for you on the wrong page. Five on five this year, goals against per 60. The Leafs are in 11th in the league. Goals four per 60, they're 10th in the league. Expected goals for, they're eighth in the league. However, expected goals against, they're 10th worst in the league, which is what, 22nd or something like that? I, I, mm -hmm. I just counted up. Scoring chances for per 60, they're seventh in the league. And scoring chances against per 60, they're 15th worst in the league. So, Kind of feels like I hope this is not like a, an underlying thing where like it's gonna the goals against is gonna catch up to them. But even then, I don't know, they've had they haven't had Joseph Wool back. So it's like so, they haven't really gotten you've gotten some hot play from Martin Jones. It's tailed off since Ilya Samsonov had a couple hot games. He's been okay since. Like mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, just to like kind of piggyback off that the goals goal saved above expected like you you want your goalie to be saving goals above, above expected you don't yeah. expect you don't want them to be at right at zero right you don't want them yeah. the expected goals and the goals to line up and you really don't want the 
expected goal or the goals to go past the uh, expected goals in the yeah. wrong way, right? So um, we're just, I feel like earlier in the year, if you take Joseph Wall out of that graph where, where it's uh, expected goals against versus goals against, like it would look much it would look much closer together. Yeah. And I think the, the Joseph Wall is kind of weighing it down, which is like a good thing because also it's showing like, hey, we finally got some goaltender regression here, which we kind of mm-hmm. been waiting for, right? We kind of I was out on Samsonov completely and I was and I was wrong to do so because he's shown like, hey, like I can regress, exactly. right? I can go back to what like closer to what I was Wait. last year than what I was earlier in the season. And um yeah, who, that again, that could that could end at any time. But hopefully, if that tra- tails off yeah. and goes back to the what we were looking at at the beginning of the season, then Joseph Hall comes in healthy and is good to go. So. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there was one thing I also wanted to say when you're looking at expected goals against and expected goals for, you also like the the public models don't take into account how much time the puck carrier has with the puck how clean the shot is. So if there's a stick in the way, you're not going to get a clean shot off. It's not going to be as good. It's going to be easier to stop. So time and space with the puck, how much, uh, whether there's a stick in the way of the puck um, on top of that, is there pre-shot movement? Um, Whether the puck, the shot is off the rush or off the cycle. um, All of those things aren't taken into account for expected goals for and expected Mm -hmm. goals against. And that's where I think it kills Max Domi because Max Domi gets himself some really good open looks for him and his teammates, especially off the rush. But then the expected goals models aren't going to take that into account. So that's where you kind of got to compare goals for like actual goals that go into the net and count on the score sheet. Um, And you also got to take context into account as well. So, yeah. I think the Leafs have done a better job recently, though, of goals off of like brutal turnovers in front of their net. Uh, like a few goals that stick out. Uh, there was one against Chicago. The last Chicago game, there was one there. There was one against uh, the Blue Jackets as well, where it's just like trying to trying to bump it to the center through the middle, but the center's not is either covered or it's just a brutal pass. You know, I think they've cut down on that a little bit, which has been nice to see. Mm. So, yeah. I think the overall sentiment that we have here is that the Leafs have been playing better recently, right? Yeah. Do you have, like, you have some very good superstars, right? Your defense, again, is below average. Sure, your goaltending is not total garbage. So that's always two thumbs up. I think if you add a right-handed top four defensemen, it'll go a long way Yeah, for this team. So that brings us to like the ultimate question here is because there was a lot of, a lot of chatter on Twitter and a lot of people saying, Hey, the Leafs should be sellers, not buyers or the Leafs, which that is wrong, but um, they shouldn't be sellers. But some people also fair, fair enough saying, Hey, these don't have a lot of assets in the coming years. Maybe it's better to just sit and hold and let this team play out the season than to give them, uh, uh, another piece at the deadline here. So have the like a lot of talk of around hockey circles is if a team has earned the right to get a, a deadline piece, a deadline acquisition, force the hand of the GM to get a deadline acquisition here. Have the Leafs done enough in this last twenty game stretch or in this last couple game stretch to say, hey, Brad, we need some help here. We might be actually like floating back into that cup contender territory where we might need one more piece that could kind of push us over the edge. I think so. 
Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I'm, I'm selfish. I, of course, so. I want to see this. Of course, like if I want you to have see. a clear weakness on defense. Like your defense is nowhere near as good as what your forwards are. I really do think that, like, if you continue, I, I like how they're continuing to tinker kind of with the forwards because it did go stale a little bit. Like, and you're incorporating guys like Bobby McMahon, and Bobby McMahon's getting hot, and Nick Robertson has been. You know, he has, he's been contributing, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that. But I, I really do think right-handed top four defensemen will help. It'll have a trickle-down effect with the rest of the D-men mm-hmm. and be a really big help. Yeah, and and just one more thing I want to throw in there uh, that Elliot, Elliot Freeman's kind of been talking about, um, just with about the trade deadline stuff. Yeah. Uh, Last year, we saw a lot of the teams in the East load up, right? A lot of the teams like Florida traded for players, Boston traded for players. I believe Tampa. No, Florida didn't last year. Florida didn't? Year before they did. A year before they did. Um, whatever. A lot, a lot of teams in the East kind of loaded up, and there was an exodus of players from the West to the East. A lot of those players now had unrestri- became unrestricted free agents, or now they're now whatever the reshuffle occurred. Yeah. But guess what? Those players under unrestricted free agents not with their team anymore. The assets they use, they're gone now. So a lot of the teams in the East are kind of have diminished mm. asset pools. Now the West, on the other hand, the West is where the teams that were selling, right? A lot of the sellers out of the West. And now there's a lot of contenders in the West that are looking to buy. So we're going to be seeing a lot of teams in the West buy. Well, what does that mean for the Leafs? Hey, guess what? If you're one of the only, like, chances are the teams around you might not be buying and you could get like a small advantage there by being a buyer, by by looking to improve your roster. Because again, if if Florida feels like they don't have enough assets, if Boston doesn't feel like they have enough assets, Tampa Bay doesn't feel like they have enough assets, that's your direct path to the the, the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. And you're telling me you can get a, a leg up on them by trading an asset and getting a good player? Like I think you should do it, right? Like yeah. I think that Florida doesn't have a first round pick or a second round pick. In 2024, they don't have a first-round pick in 2025, and they only have a second in 2025. And then 2026, they have all their picks again because you weren't allowed to trade 2026 (laughs) uh, last year. So that's an interesting thing to consider there. I I really do like that point because then when you look at Boston, like Boston has been a buyer. They were a buyer last year, a pretty big buyer last year. Mm They don't have a 2024 first. They don't have a 2024 second or a third. Their first pick is in the fourth round, right? 2025, they have their pick, but they don't have a second round pick. They have their third, no fourth. Okay, and then 2026, again, they have it there. So those are the top two teams Mm -hmm. in the Atlantic division, right? So you have that leg up by having that 2024 pick. Right. So that's yeah. something interesting there. Although you don't have a second, so that's a dip. But the first is more valuable than the second for the sure. way, obviously. <laughs> uh I did want to take a look at the Rangers. What do the Rangers have? The Rangers oh, have, have their picks. They have all their first, but they don't have a second in 24, 25, and they don't have a no, third in 25, 26. They don't have their seconds. Oh, sorry, 25, 26. And yeah. they don't have their third in 24, 25. Sorry. So they have yes. okay. So, okay, so that's diminished pool here. Diminished pool here, and then also Tampa. No first, no set, no first, no second this year. No first next year. 
I mean, hey. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. That is an interesting one there. This, uh, on this side on this side of the on this side of the line. I don't know. The hurricanes the, actually have the East a Coast. second round, a first and two seconds this year. Uh, but they never load up because they're a bunch exactly. Of it's not on they're brand the for them bunch to of do that. Softies ever. <laughs> so screw them. Tricks. They're not going to do anything. Go ahead, pick more guys in the first round. But yeah, yeah. Were there are there any other teams that you think are buying? Well, third. What's funny? We looked at the first two in the metro. Who's third in the metro? <laughs> Philadelphia. A team that's rumored to be selling. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, kind of funny. Yeah, well, it's the New then, Jersey Devils soon. I think they'll they'll start to pick it up. They have all their first, but like they haven't. They're they're the perfect team where, like I said, a, a GM gets their hand forced. It's like the opposite. It's like they haven't done shown them enough, shown them enough to like, um, to make the move right. Like they haven't shown Fitzgerald. They enough. need a goalie yeah. like next year too. So yeah, they need a goalie. Period. <laughs> if they, they ever want to do goalie. anything, so who knows? Yeah. Maybe Jacob Markstrom be headed there but they'd have to pay a lot to get them so yeah but just remember if this was the toronto maple leafs asking about jacob markstrom it would be four first round picks um we would have to sell them bmo field we would have to sell them the toronto rock half of the toronto argos all of that for jacob markstrom but because it's the devils it's a lot less because that's how sports media goes but anyways do we have anything else on the docket that's it for today think that just about covers it. So in summation, the Leafs are a better team with Morgan Riley. Stop trying to look into it too much. Um, the Leafs have been better the last 20 games. Although like you can look at results, like the underlying numbers are supporting that the Leafs have been better the last 20 games than the first 34. And go out and Make pull the trigger. Get us a D-man, preferably right-handed. Right? Stop being like the trees that sit in the ground and be like the trees that attacked Isengard, Brad Living. Wow. <laughs> Just make a move. <laughs> That's a big one right there. Anyways. Anyways. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Go, Lisco. go. <laughs>